The Boldly Now Show, burning desire, big ideas, bold action. Hello and welcome to Boldly Now. This is Michael Sean Conaway with Rachel Morrison, and we have the great pleasure today of talking to Canal Sood. Canal is uh, an internationally renowned social impact entrepreneur and an award-winning innovator. He also puts on some of the most uh, important events in the world for the people on the planet. Welcome to the show, Kanal. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. We're really excited to be having this conversation with you today, uh, especially with, uh, we know you have a couple of events coming up from Novus and uh, one called We the Planet. Uh, I'm really excited to hear a little bit about that uh, and maybe even more excited to, to understand a little bit today why something like We the Planet is important to you. What do you see about that and, and uh, what that means for humanity? Uh, but to get started, you know, like what, I just, just for yourself, you know, like you're having to reinvent your whole life right now. You know, what's up for Canal right now? What, you know, what are the things that are really exciting you? And what are the things you're running into as stumbling blocks right now? So it's a loaded question, but I'll try to uh, eat it one piece at a time, like an elephant. So the first thing I'll start with is I'm most excited about We The Planet because one, you know, last year when I launched We The Planet as a movement at the United Nations during the uh, climate summit for the uh, youth, I, I saw a massive vacuum in leadership, you know, um, and I, I saw this because I feel like here and now we don't have a resource problem or a technology problem. We really only have one thing, which is a leadership problem. We're leading with a, in a way that we the people have failed. And I mean that in every sense of the world. I don't think the youth are doing a great job or the elders are doing a great job. I think there's a huge divided um, narrative that doesn't allow us to unite. And so We The Planet was the dream of bringing together the youth and the elders to unite to make the impossible possible, to have women and men at the table to unite, to do the same, and finally to have the right and the left to unite to make the impossible possible. So we can really start to transform our world for a better future. I feel like we're really broken in the conversation around who we are here and now. And we have all the taglines and all the hashtags and we have all the, you know, the social media um, narratives out there, you know, but the truth is, are we really embodying the transformative, you know, exponential leadership qualities that we wanna have come into our future selves? So that was why We The Planet was created, to not only start a dialogue or a think tank, but to create an action tank where we really embody and move into a world where we truly are the force for good or, you know, truly are those change makers or game changers of the future. That's basically We The Planet. Yeah, great. And of course, at Boldly Now, we're, we're on your team for, for generating a thriving future of humanity. Why, why the planet thing? It's like, so I get, I get the kind of connection between we the people uh, and then we the planet. Tell me, tell me, what does planet mean to you? What is that? What is it? What's held in the term planet? So right now in the world, we've lost close to 600,000 people's lives because of COVID-19, right? Mm -hmm. And around the same 5.5 million people are infected around the world. And we're, up in arms, we're like, oh my God, this is gonna destroy us. Last year, okay, not too long ago, in fact, we lost a billion species to the um, fires and the bushfires in Australia, a billion with a B. 
And we literally don't care. We literally have no uh, care left for what the planet means to us. So for me, I've, see, I've lived my life from one value system, okay? When you serve yourself, it's great for a living. But when you serve something that's larger than yourself, it's a good life. So that is why I believe we the planet must exist. It's about going above and beyond what matters here and now and serving something that's much larger than you or me or us. And we the planet is that dream of realizing that every single life form matters, whether it's a tree that's being cut down every day or the, the bushfires that destroyed a billion organisms and took out a whole biosphere. And I really believe that that's why we the planet matters more than we the people right now. We have to strive as well as really dig deep to go beyond we the people because truly speaking, that's all we focused on till now. We've really only focused on we the people or we the peoples at the UN. We have to start focusing on we the planet. Yeah, absolutely. And what I've noticed throughout just general studies of things that the messages that make the largest impact are those that come from that we space. When a person steps out of that I grandiose idea um, that they want to share and go into I am the planet, we are, I am the we of the people. And this is what we collectively have to say and how much more powerful that message is for people to understand and then begin to communicate and embody and create with. Yeah, and see, another thing that's really very resonant for me is how old ancient heritage, be it our own Indian heritage of the East or Native Indians, you guys were called Indians by default, I'm so sorry, but have made Native Americans out here because Columbus made a mistake thinking that America was India. <laughs> um, the Native Americans have such extraordinary traditions that can really bring back the earth. Um, because you see, the wealth is not at the high towers or the top. It's in the ground. It's right here on earth. So for me, the most powerful way for us to give back is to create a world where we all become one. And I feel the ancient traditions of the Vedas or the traditions of, you know, what the Native Americans have with sweat lodges and just honoring the earth with all of the chanting and rituals, you know, that ritualistic uh, way of life needs to come back with a great force and unite with today's extraordinary singularity, technology and innovation. I'm not against, I love technology and I love innovation. I just would like to see the two come into union in a way that we truly make something extraordinary happen in our future. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think for, for me as an indigenous person, I think one of the ways to really get that message penetrated into the relevant times of today is to make the language relevant. And that's a huge feat to do that takes so much care and precision and high acumen and intelligence. And I think that with what you've been doing at Novus and We the Planet certainly is a great start in that direction. Thank you. What you're talking about is we, we have the term deep ecology, you know, when we begin to consider human beings to be one of the species in the ecology of the planet. And I think the, the, the whole, you know, this whole motion here is away from, hey, we're human beings, this is our, our house to use as we will, to 
hey, we're part of this larger collection of beings, uh, life on the planet. And uh, we, you know, our, our needs and desires are, are one of the considerations. They're not the consideration. That's hard for human beings, though. Yeah. I mean, take the example of COVID-19 as a recent uh, opportunity to reset and reframe and reimagine and reunite. That's what I see it as. Uh, I feel even there we failed uh, because, you know, this is such a great reminder of how we need to really rethink and re-engineer our entire existence on the planet. And whether it came out of a lab or whether it came out of nature, it doesn't matter. The point is that karma allowed it to come and manifest, right? And if it's manifested into our world, it's, it's kind of like a reminder that, you know, the, the hu human being is not omnipresent or omnipotent on earth. Um, and even something so small as a virus can destroy you, right? It can literally shatter the very foundation of our existence. I mean, first thing we went out and bought was toilet paper. We didn't have enough of it to service the world. But imagine that all the toilet paper gone means more trees need to be cut down, right? So there was this structural violence and damage that's happening through our consuming habits and the way in which we consume mother nature's gifts on earth. And I'm not an activist per se, but I do know the law of karma. And I do know that it sets into balance very quickly when you start to abuse what gifts a certain force allows you to enjoy as a species on the planet. And I think this COVID-19 crisis, this global health crisis of ours, is such a powerful reminder that we really, A, have the power to reset and reimagine and reunite, and B, have to do it. Option B is so important right now, you know, and I feel like we need to really realize a new option, which I call option X, which is solving for X in a way that creates the best future parts possible, not just for us, but for every single species, life on land, life, life under the water. You know, it's so important that we do that with We the Planet. And just with every endeavor we embark on now, we must have a centerfold of impact and positive influence, you know, be it on another person or whatever we're trying to do in the world. I really believe that's the core of what I'm trying to do with We the Planet. Yeah, it sounds like another re is um, reintegrate and rebalance. Yeah, it's so true. I, I do believe that we've lost our integrity. There are two things in life that will beat AI. Authenticity and integrity, the old version of AI. If that meets the new AI, which is artificial intelligence, we will have that union, as we call a perfect union. If authenticity and integrity meet artificial intelligence in the new world, we will have a much better and more prosperous future that will allow for our planet and humans to flourish. Great, and we're, we're really excited about uh, We the Planet as well here at Boldly Now. We, of course, are, are, are uh, fellow travelers along the road to a, th to a thriving future. Um, and you know, one of the things that, that occurs to me is that by having a gathering like We the, we the Planet, we have an opportunity for people to gather and co-create and co-imagine. Like, well, what would that future look like? Or how might it be? Or what might be my role in that? Or, um, you know, like you just said something about AI, like, well, what do the AI people think about the future? Are they thinking about today? 
uh, and and this this I think that this moment has called us to actually seriously not only consider ourselves and all the other species, but all the descendants that we that come after us, not just of our own species, but all the other species. It's like the the law, you know, law of karma you called, or just a simple cause and effect, is that if we continue to to cause degradation and violence to other human beings and the planet, then the future we're leaving for the, 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 the generations to come is pretty bleak. If we use all of our imagination and all our creativity and all our amazing capacity to create things of value, uh, then we can leave something of great beauty to those generations. And I, so I've just, first of all, thank you for, for uh, the, the convening of We the Planet. But I now want to just find out, so what is it for you, Kunal? What, I mean, like, there's lots of things that you've touched and done great work and innovation on. You know, what is it in you right now that has you really wanting to step into this place? Why is this important? And then how did you go from what's important to actually taking action to set this thing up? Wow. So my life started as a child in India, right? And I'm going to tell you guys a story. It's a true story of when I started. Growing up, I had quite a bit of abundance as far as resources were concerned. But I still felt like an outcast, an outlier. I didn't feel like I belonged, and nor did I feel like I was needed. Mm. So I often called myself the Black Labrador of the family, or the Black Lab, right? And I was born into this tribe of golden retrievers. And then here I was, this Black Lab that was just seeking one thing, which was love, approval, and appreciation. I got that from my parents, but I didn't necessarily get it from the rest of my cohort or peer group or society because I grew up really obese and like a beast. You know, I was big. I was always big, and, but I was gentle. I was always taught to be affectionate, loving, and kind. Compassion ruled my existence ever since I was a child. I had massive compassion for animals. i never forget. I, I brought a bat home that was once shot and healed it back to... Um, you know, being able to take flight again. My mother was so scared that I'd get rabies during that point. But that was the core of who I was. And as I went into school, uh, the school's private school, I experienced for the first time the idea of bullying. Okay. And this is a phenomenon that I wouldn't wish on anyone, but some of us have the blessed curse of having been bullied bullied in life. And I was one of those few that was bullied as a child, as an obese child. And bullies don't come in ones, right? They come in packs, they come like in three or fours. And I'll never forget, I went through this cycle, okay, this cycle of pain, starting out as the victim, right? And I suffered there, I really suffered with this idea of being the victim and then, you know, and then second, they were the perpetrators, you know? So I wanted to avoid being like the perpetrators or even, and then, there was the bystanders who just watched it as they would in a coliseum watching me be bullied. And, you know, and then there were the collaborators who were the guys who were like with these bullies and, you know, got their back and, you know, protect them from the powers that be. Sometimes they are the kids of powers that be. So they are omnipotent by that default nature. But the most important thing was that there was this missing ingredient between the perpetrator, collaborative victim and the bystander which is something that I learned after I got over the pain of being a victim, which is the guardian protector and the hero. So my life's journey has largely been about the hero's journey. And so from being a black Labrador 
I morphed into this Black Panther to protect myself. So from being a, a child that was bullied, I became the bully's bully. And I actually took out all these kids at once. Now, that, did that get me in trouble? Of course, they were, you know, they, they were part of the establishment. So for me to actually go up against the establishment was pretty brave. So then I backed back down. But then what happened was really special. And I connected this to a jungle full of animals, right? So here I was, this newly formed Black Panther, which is also in African tradition seen as the protector. And then I had all these bunnies and goats and, you know, all these other uh, weaker, um, uh, you know, jungle species come up to me to protect them because these guys were more powerful than them. I didn't know I had an omnipotent power uh, till that time when I actually stood up, right? And then what happened was I took on the role of the guardian. And that was the most powerful thing I ever did is when I took on that role, I embodied it and it still got me in more trouble because I protected others. And that's the whole idea of doing something or protecting something that's larger than you. Because I figured out how to protect myself. They never came after me after that. But they would go after these kids, right? Because they could. And because that's what they feed off of, you know? That whole idea of power, authority, and influence for the ego. And so that was the beginning of my journey into this massive transformation of the world and people and the planet. And that idea of being, you know, able to find your inner Black Panther while still being able to live your life in service of others like a Labrador does in love, compassion, and altruism, uh, and being someone that really prides yourself on being loyal and loving. That's something that I really learned as a child. So very early on, the foundation was set for me to do this kind of work in my life. I didn't really follow the straight and narrow. I didn't become a doctor or engineer as my dad wanted me to, or, a, you know, just an engineer, really speaking, and a lawyer was also on the table. But what I always dreamed of, I didn't dream of being an astronaut or a fireman or, a, you know, those guys. I always dreamed of being a hero. My lifestyle and childhood was surrounded by mythical creatures and extraordinary superhuman-like qualities of Iron Man, you know, all these amazing um, uh, stories. And so that's what I believe we are. Ultimately, we are the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we become in our lives. Um, and that's what brought me to, you know, where I am. I mean, I do believe in the power of guided visualization and dreaming, because in, in some ways your thoughts turn into the truth that you experience in life. And that's something that I've become very, very uh, cognizant of is that with great power comes great responsibility. And that comes from Spider-Man. It's not something I said. And the truth is, but I was inspired by Spider-Man. I was inspired by Iron Man. I was inspired by the Hulk. You know, I was inspired by all these uh, extraordinary characters because at the essence of it is about becoming a better human and sacrificing yourself for something that's much larger than yourself or protecting something that's larger than you or that matters to you. So that's how, you know, um, Novus was born, how the X-Fellows was born, and now how We the Planet is here and now. So that's how these three endeavors really contain. That is why I do the work I do. I do it, you know, because I believe that one should lead a life of service. And I feel like there are three qualities here and now that if we can start to garner in our lives, we'll have a really powerful future ahead. One is moral courage. 
we have to build moral courage into the fiber of every human being and fill every molecule of emotion with that courage so that with that comes compassion, right? How I learned compassion wasn't through this going to school, you know, and learning about compassion. I actually learned compassion through uh, suffering. So I had a deep suffering and that's what taught me compassive, uh, compassion. So I would say expansive compassion, taking that self-compassion and really showing empathy and distilling it to others in the world. And finally, I believe that effective altruism, where we go from being go-getters in the world to becoming go-givers, where we can create a life where giving is the norm and not the exception. I really believe that this is the fabric of underlying, um, you know, the fabric of the underlying future that we need to live into a bold future. The bold future of the future <laughs> or tomorrow is not going to be about acquisition or who's going to be a billionaire. I really believe that the new billionaire is going to be one that impacts a billion lives. That's going to be much more powerful than making a billion dollars. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. When you were talking about your Black Panther and then you brought in the superheroes, I have nothing much more to say other than, first of all, Wakanda forever. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm also thinking of uh, like a formula of the hero's journey right now. And I feel like it's really relevant for us to look at and consider. And when I think of all of the different superheroes that, um, that kind of stand out in my book of favorites, I think of um, highly, highly intelligent, super scientific or super gadgety type of folks. And I think that's really relevant for today. And I'm curious how you see that piece, but also um, that there's different types of intelligence that I think that we're being called into right now. There's intelligence, there's, and there's wisdom in, in all of this right now. And I think that what we're really calling for and that a lot of the futurists um, have suggested is that we're going to have a smart civilization in the future but the smart civilization doesn't really mean much without a wise civilization to help keep the surround of it. Do you want to speak a little to that with us? Yeah, I, I totally resonate with everything you've said. I mean, Iron Man is the ultimate gadget slash singularity of the future. Every engineer, every doc I can promise you, every doctor, engineer, every man at some level, if he's really being true with himself, would love to be Iron Man. But I think the Iron Man that's Tony Stark before he suffers and almost dies, right, is different from the one that almost dies in a cave, if you've ever seen Iron Man, and I don't want to be too much of a spoiler, but, you know, he's in a cave and he's got nothing, but he manages to escape and create this 1.0 version of what saves his life, right? And then he realizes that I can use this 1.0 version to protect, save, and literally transform humanity on a much larger scale. So he creates Mark II, which is the second version of Iron Man, right? And Mark II is kind of like that uh, metaphor for humanity here and now with COVID-19, right? We've got a situation here where we've literally been beat down to the ground. We can't go outside. Not just because we wanna protect ourselves, but we wanna protect those that we love. I, I'm more worried about my parents in India than I am about my safety. I, I really am more worried about those people out there that are 
vulnerable to the virus. And that's why for me, being a real world Iron Man or a real world Iron Woman is about creating a legion of them, creating a legion of Iron Men and women, because it's about the mindset. See, there are two things in life, right? There's the actual skill to get it done or build the gadget and build stuff. And then there's the mindset, right? And that heart set that connects to the mind. Because I believe that that's most important. When your heart is connected to your mind, then you can use your mind right. But if you're in your head, you're dead. But if your heart is connected to your mind and you're able to use the intelligence in ways that truly create something that's of significance, using technology, using those gadgets, using those powerful agents of change. That mindset is very powerful. Like you could take everything away from Elon Musk and Bill Gates today, and they will still be able to build that back up from scratch one because they have the skill set, but more important, they have the mindset. You see, so that to me is the most important thing here and now is creating the Iron Man mindset, you know, creating the Wakanda mindset, creating that idea of how can we really create Wakanda right here in New York City, you know? I mean, Wakanda is really, if you look at the architecture of Wakanda, it's very much akin to New York City in some ways. It's that whole metropolis that's really beautiful, majestic, powerful. It has nature on the outside, but it has this inner core of magic and vibranium that powers it. And I really look at New York City as that. I see it as this cosmic, extraordinary space that has Central Park at its center is its soul, you know? It has Wall Street on one side, which is, you know, the powerhouse of all economies. It has the United Nations on the other side, which is like this unbelievable uh, force for helping save the world, God willing. You know, and then it has Times Square, which is like this media uh, blitz of everything that we can come to know as the future of immersive experience. You walk in Times Square, at least I used to, I don't know if you did, did this, but if I walked through Times Square, I would be awake for at least an hour after that walk. I wouldn't have to worry about the recharge. It's like, it has that vibranium uh, metaphorical effect right there, you know? Um, so for me, I think that's the future is for us to create the mindset and the skill sets of an Iron Man as human beings. And that will really traject us into a future that we want and we're proud of, because that's most important. See, we can be omnipotently powerful, but we can be still be like sharks that eat, eat each other in the womb. The most important thing here and now is to really not do that, not think about omnipotence and think about being together. You know, there's that beautiful African proverb. Um, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. So I really believe that's what we have the opportunity to do here and now. We can go fast and further together than we ever have before because we have the technology. And as long as we have the mindset, the skill set, and set our hearts in the right place, I really believe we can do that. We can go fast and further, faster and further than ever before. Great. Um, so Kanal, I thank you so much for all this. Can, can you just give our listeners some ways that they might be able to get involved with We The Planet? or just things that they might do to shift their mindset from me to not only we, but we the planet. So, wow, okay. So how can you get involved with we the planet first? I think definitely, 
you know, log on to our web stream, our live stream on the 20th and 21st of July at www.wetheplanet.io. That's a really simple way to just get a taste of what we're trying to do and great things to come. Uh, but the more important piece that you asked me about is how can we go from me to we? Um, to me, that's about friendship and creating a world where the left and the unite, uh, the, the, sorry, uh, and creating a world where the left and the right unite to make the impossible possible. I think we have so much divisiveness here and now, and we really have to start to look at, honestly, we have to kind of disrupt the paradigm of me to we, it's an old idea. You know, the idea of me to we is kind of outdated, you know, and I feel like we really just need to focus on we and not having that separation, but really create a language and a narrative and stories that unite us in action around the future we want. I, I do believe that the best way to do that is to reframe, you know, there's, there's this idea of frame changers, which are more powerful than game changers. Because if you've changed the frame of something, you've created a whole new civilization, right? So I feel like there's this way in which today, more than ever before, you have to create a mindset of making the impossible possible. And you have to really relentlessly be in a pursuit of transformation where you find your massive transformation with purpose. And then you really work at it every with life and every breath to realize that truth. And, you know, it'll always be imperfect. I don't believe in a perfect world. I don't believe in a perfect union, but we can really strive for excellence and making the world the best we can. And I feel with the help of technology, innovation, but most important that the heart of it is extraordinary citizenship. I believe extraordinary citizenship is the most important thing that will allow us to come together as we, I, I feel like today global citizenship is great, but you can get on Expedia and click, click, click. Well, not right now, you're kind of grounded to do that too, but before COVID and God, God willing after COVID, you can be a global citizen just by clicking around and going to different parts of the world and having a, a rich experience of being a global citizen that teaches you empathy. But empathy is not enough, you know? Empathy with compassion, because the truth is empathy can be a very powerful weapon that I can use against you. Because if I can feel your pain, I can, and if I'm not indirectly in that pain or that trauma, I can actually manipulate your pain to serve my needs more than your needs. But empathy combined with compassion and you know, enveloped in moral courage is the most important thing I feel that needs to be developed as character traits of the future. I feel like we need to really do that as extraordinary citizenship. Um, I feel like extraordinary citizens will be the new Margaret Mead of the world where, you know, we unite to make the impossible possible and are deeply committed to changing the world. So yeah, I, I would say the most important thing here and now for us to go from me to we is becoming an extraordinary citizen. Great, Kanal, thank you. I wanna just, I wanna tag the thing you said in the middle uh, that, uh, you know, that, that we need to focus on moral courage, compassion, and being altruistic go-givers. Uh, Kanal Sood, thank you for joining us on Boldly Now. 
really, really happy to, um, to have this conversation with you today and really excited to be with you on uh, We the Planet in uh, a few yeah. weeks. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been an honor and a special pleasure being on here. I look forward to coming back on and hopefully sharing more stories together. Great. Um, well, thank you everybody for joining the show and we'll see you next time. The Boldly Now Show, igniting the world of burning desire, big ideas, and bold action. Be sure to download Boldly You in the App Store, Google Play, or online at bold.ly forward slash Y-O-U. Boldly You is an app and learning platform igniting your burning desire, big ideas, and bold action. Generating a future for a thriving humanity.